Let's do it too. No involvement. They were expecting someone else to do it. Edmund Burke said, All that is needed for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. All that is needed for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing. I love Nehemiah because he is a role model of someone who got involved. He saw a need, he prayed about it, he listened to what it was, and then he made himself available. Now, in Nehemiah chapter 1 and 2, Nehemiah is going to go back to Jerusalem and build the city, build the walls that have been broken down in the city. It is a need that has been there for a long time, and he fills the gap. Although Nehemiah is building a city, folks, you can take these principles and you can apply them to whatever station of life you're in. If you're a dad, if you're a mom, if you're a spouse, wherever you work, you can take these principles of involvement, initiative, and leadership and apply them even to your own self. You see, serving the Lord is not a someday thing. Well, I'm working now, but someday I really plan to do something significant for the Lord. Involvement begins now. Serving God begins immediately. It begins where you are. It's not someday, because you know what? Someday just never comes along, it seems like. If we're not involving ourselves somehow now, it's just never going to happen. There's three kinds of people. Those who make things happen, those who watch things happen, and those who have no idea what happens. Oh, something's happening around me. I don't know what it is. Nehemiah made things happen. In verse 1 it says, The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, it came to pass in the month of Kislev, in the twentieth year, as I was in Shushan, the citadel, that is the palace, that Hanani, one of my brothers, came with men from Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews who had escaped, who had survived the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said to me, The survivors who are left from the captivity in the province are there in great distress and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down, and its gates are burned with fire. First of all, we are introduced to Nehemiah, the words of Nehemiah. Now, there's not a whole lot of background information given on this guy. All we know about this Nehemiah is that he had a dad named Hakaliah, that he had friends and brothers, relatives, who had gone to Judah to build the temple. They've come back and they have a conversation with him. We know that he's a Jew. We know that he's in Babylon, and we know that he's in a palace, in the palace of Babylon, in Shushan. Now, that in itself is interesting. It raises a couple questions. Number one, what is a Jew doing in Babylon when their homeland is Jerusalem and Judah? And number two, what is a Jew doing in a palace in Babylon? This posh, comfortable place of leadership in the hands of Israel's enemies. Let me refresh your memory just a little bit. The history of the Jews could be summed up, at least up to this point, in one word. Failure. 
Now, God promised the Jews a land, a land flowing with what? And it was. It was a choice land flowing with milk and honey. It was a small place, but it had everything you needed. And God promised that he would give them this land, but he struck a deal with them. He said, if you obey me, I'll bring you into the land. I'll fight off all your enemies. I'll cause rain to come down from heaven. Your crops will be in abundance. Your children will prosper. If you disobey me, however, I will bring your enemies upon you. Your crops will waste away. Your enemies, if you turn from me, will take you captive into a land that is not your own. Israel came into the land. They settled into the land. There was a stability that came under three kings, Saul, David, Solomon. Everything was going great. The economy was up. The interest rates were